So hello everybody and welcome back to Folk on Falcons. I'm Philip Mundy and joining me is Ian Joseph. This week we'll have a quick review of our defeat to Sale, talk about our match next week against Bath, round up the other Premiership games and also a special mention for Saracens and their wonderful return to rugby. So without further ado let's get started. As always you can find us on social media. So on Facebook it's if you type in at Folk on Falcons you'll see our picture. Uh, on Twitter again it's at Folk on Falcons, and if you'd like to send us a direct email, it is folkonfalcons at mail.com. Let's get started. Friday night, we're hoping to get the double over sale this year. Never really got off to a good start, and never really got back into the game, did we? Yeah, I thought it was a terrible disappointment in many ways, actually. Um, I think I'm fair in saying that the first half, especially, was probably the poorest we've been all season. Um, I mean, before we sort of talk about our failings, you know, I accept and I think everyone else does the fact that obviously Sale are a very good team. We expect them to be in the top four and I think they probably will be. Their defence was really, really good, kind of just choked the life out of us. Um, and I think Richard said in the post-match comments, I know it was as well, that the, the players only had one full training session since the Holoquins game. So, you know, I guess that combined with the several weeks up beforehand probably did catch up with us and, and took its toll um so but all that all those things aside i mean we we kind of have to look at our own performance um in the sense of things that we can control and the line out especially which has been on the whole really really good all season just didn't function at all and especially the well it cost us the first try didn't it because lost the line out no one seemed to jump for it or knew what was going on kick down the pitch seems to ask to kick it out two phases later they score and then obviously we're just chasing it from there um but yeah I, I, that was a real catastrophic failure in terms of and also when we got good position in the 22 which wasn't very often we just you knew it was going to happen we just lost the line up threw it away and uh, the game just went i think after those points um and then there was also when we managed to so kind of claw ourselves back with a few penalties straight, straight away from the kickoff in Falcons fashion we would just give three points back for obviously a zero net gain so I think the disappointing thing isn't so much the defeat which I think you know we were all expecting um I think a win away at sale would have been probably the result of the season so far I was just saying something um but it was more the fact that our own failings which we had control over were very prevalent and that's kind of the disappointing aspect of it yeah um I think that like you, I, I I saw that line out as a serious problem, and I think that probably lack of training might have contributed to that because we had a somewhat changed back row. It just seemed like quite often the lifters and the jumpers weren't necessarily on the same same wavelength. I can't think that McGuigan's throwing could have got miraculously worse in the last fortnight. Like he's a professional hooker, he he should still be able to throw even if it's not a formal training session. He should be able to throw a, a hoop painted on a wall twelve feet up or something, and it just seemed that it wasn't clicking. And I think that there is the obvious excuse of only one training session. Whether that's an easy excuse, I don't know. But hopefully in the coming week, they uh, get out in the training park and have a few more sessions. But aside from the line-out, I think we probably could have come away from something with that match if that was clicking. Although in large parts of it, we didn't look very potent. We stayed within a dozen points or so for the vast majority of the game. At the end, uh, Matavesi got his try on debut, which was nice. And at that point, in theory, we were not too far away from getting a bonus point. We were only eight points behind, I think, before they um, got the, their final try. But for most of the game, we were just about within touching distance. It was often 
a dozen points in it. And like you say, it doesn't help conceding a penalty as soon as you score one yourselves. It's not quite there, but I think that's kind of reassuring in a strange way that in our worst performance of the season, we were always just about within touch distance. Yeah, well, I think um, this game included, and in all our defeats, the scoreline has been sort of flattering to the opposition. We've never been massively outplayed. I think at the start of this one was the first time this season where I sort of thought, oh, this is kind of what we perhaps feared and maybe expected it was going to be like at the start of the season, where we're just completely outclassed by what is obviously a much better outfit. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, I think at half time, I think we were very lucky to be kind of still in the game. Um, and I thought our best period was actually just after half time and when they got their yellow card. And obviously we'd got the penalty back then. We hadn't conceded another one straight away. And I thought, well, well you know, obviously we've got the man up now. The momentum was starting to shift towards us. We can get some good field position. You know, this is what a chance this is to get back in the game, perhaps a little bit undeservedly. But, you know, we have to take this chance. And then, of course, they muck up the lineup, the 22. And I think personally for me at that point I kind of thought well unfortunately I think that's that's a game gone really um, You mentioned the yellow card last weekend we had half a dozen yellow cards I think this weekend there's only two in the Premiership do you think he was lucky to only get a yellow or do you think it was kind of a fair enough decision My initial reaction um, was that it was a red it was a red card and the more I watched it the more I thought it was because yeah, I just thought it was really, really dangerous because he just charges in shoulder first, has no intention to properly clear out to stay on his feet or anything like that. It's yeah, I know it doesn't go sort of square onto the head, but that's just sort of about fortune rather than design, I think. Um, all it need, all it needed was a slight, you know, different head movement, and it could have gone right in. It was it was it Penny again, or sorry, it was was Hardy, it? I think. Yeah, sorry, of course it was Hardy. Yeah, all it took was Hardy to move it head slightly one direction. It would have really, really caused well, clobbered him, caused potentially serious injury. Ah, yeah, and it was just the stupidity of it as well, which I think needs to be put on top of that. And it was so unnecessary as well. Um, they were never going to win that ball back. It's just, you know, you sometimes get this from rugby players, they sort of lose all their brain cells after a few knocks or whatever, and they just kind of see the red miss and they just charge in. I think because of that, it should have been a red. I thought they were fortunate to, to get a yellow card. Um, I think, I wouldn't say it was a definite red. I think it's one of those ones where, I've seen them given as yellows and reds and increasingly reds more recently. Whether I agree with that or not, I don't know. I'd say it wasn't as bad as some of the ones that you end up seeing. But um, what I would say is that other teams are a bit savvy with this sort of thing. You see the medic run on instantly um, when something like that happens and almost put the player's head in a neck brace position with their hands and this, all this, um, and making a real scene. Whereas Hardy just kind of looked a bit dazed, shrugged it off and got on with it. Um, I think if maybe he was a bit more savvy and stayed down, and he could have emphasised he got hit and he could have kind of made them more aware of the fact it was to the head. Um, I don't know whether I want necessarily want to see the game going that way, but I, I certainly think that there are other clubs in the league where they do get the, um, the, the physio or doctor or whatever you want to call it to run on as soon as possible and really emphasise that it is a head knock. Yeah, well, I think the missed game factor, they, when you heard the the match officials sort of on the mic it was the fact it wasn't sort of squarely into the head it was more sort of the action itself of diving in off feet shoulder first was the sort of the infringement rather than where it hit even though it was very close to his head but i don't i mean i guess maybe technicalities that isn't the red because it technically didn't hit the head but I, I thought, I, yeah, as I say, I still saw my decision. I thought it was a red card simply because it was such a brainless, sort of dangerous action. Yeah, it's certainly stupid. Um, 
onto other sort of brainless actions. When we were some points down, do you think it's right that we're kicking penalties for the posts? Are we realistically going to score five penalties to take the lead? Or should we have perhaps gone for the corner or gone for a scrum or something else? What do you think? So, yeah, so, yeah. I, mean, I thought, I thought about, about this. Um, and I think it really... You, you go by you go your reaction at the time, don't you? And I think my gut reaction was we should have gone for the corner. Now, I know the line-out wasn't functioning very well, but actually if we'd had one a line-out there or a couple of line-outs there, that may have... I don't know, may have boosted the confidence of the thrower and the jumpers. And you could, you know, like a lot of these things, you know, once you throw a couple of decent line outs, then, you know, it kind of leads on from there. Um, and I think that would have been a good chance to kind of get the line out settled as well. And I, I do think that the best chances for us to get a try probably would have been from a rolling more. I think the backs are pretty insipid. I don't think they were, you know, I don't think we were going to get much out wide either. I think if we were to get back in the game, the most likely route was going to be for a driving mall or you know, something like Emile Polo sort of banging up from a couple of yards out. Um, I think my gut reaction at the time was probably right. Um, I still think the same in that they, they should have gone for the, well, yes, should have gone for the corner, especially, you know, we have a habit of not being good from kickoffs. Now, I know they're not necessarily going to think that. And obviously they have their processes and plans in place for, you know, receiving the ball and, and clearing it. But, you know, I, I think that was probably the best option. And there was a, a long time to play in that match as well. One plus bit on that is Conan slotted his kicks quite well this week. Quite a change in the last two matches. He's actually seems to be, he's got over his confidence issues and he seems to be slotting them quite easily at the minute. So let's hope that continues. That was actually the main positive from the game, really, uh, was was Conan's kicking. He seems to hope to hopefully kind of put those gremlins to bed and hopefully, I suppose, he can kick on from there. We've mentioned a few parts of kind of the more set piece plays, but I felt that in open play, once again, we didn't really have anything. It seemed to be that... The backs were all getting the ball standing still. We didn't really know what we were doing. Consequently, we were going backwards in attack. And then we kind of had really, really slow ball and box kicks to nobody, really. And I felt that in the last 20 minutes when Mickey Young came on, once again, the game sped up and we looked a bit more promising. I'm not sure whether it's a deliberate tactic that we want slow, structured play for the first hour, but even oh, it seems to be Stuart or Young come on and suddenly we look like we've got a bit more oomph to us. Uh, Mickey Young made two or three decent half breaks. He doesn't quite have the pace he used to, but ultimately that's what put the trance in place for Matavesi to score. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, obviously we're one of the lowest try scorers in the league. I mean, two reasons for that. One is, I think, our accuracy in the 22 where we get chances, but also it's, as you say there, we see in a lot of games, even games you win, but especially in the defeats where in the backs, it just doesn't seem to be clicking. We seem to be going backwards. It's very flat. It's very slow. Um, and you're right. I thought Mickey Young did make a difference when he came on. Um, and yeah, it was another option. He kind of made those darting runs. It was definitely quicker at the breakdown. He kind of sped things up. I mean, I didn't think we really, I think the Matavesi try, yeah, I mean, that was sort of from him, but the game was kind of gone by then anyway. And I think Sale couldn't keep the defensive concentration for the whole game. Um, but, yeah, I think he he really kind of did improve it and he did speed it up. And surely you've got to be starting him, I guess. Um, and I, I suppose, when obviously, obviously now, win against Sale early in the season, it was the Mickey Young show, wasn't it? So, I don't know, you do wonder if, Maybe they started with him, and if he didn't start, it's because he wasn't fully fit, and he's sort of trying to keep faith with Schroeder to give him more game time or, or whatever. But in all the evidence we've seen, and Friday night including, um, it's definitely better with Young on the pitch. Um, one final thing. What do you think of our defence out wide, particularly when we're slightly on the back foot? 
not very good. Uh, I think a lot of our tries this season have been through weakness out wide, whether that's from the high ball but earlier in the season, or whether we see, well, we, you've mentioned five minutes before, we seem to get sucked in in defence a lot, we seem to be quite narrow. Uh, um, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to the Harlequins guy saying, well, what our weaknesses are. I mean, that was one that was mentioned, and it, unfortunately it was prevalent on Friday. It just seemed very easy. Yeah, uh, especially um, for Sale's second try for them to work up the phases, suck a few defenders in. Again, we're not great at tackling out there, it seems. And yeah, it just needs a couple of offloads. I mean, yes, they were very good offloads, but the point is they have the space and time to, to do that and the opportunity to do that and, and they score. But it's happened too much this season. Yeah, Sale's first try. Um, obviously, there was a, a couple of things before it that we've noted that got them into the position. But um, if you look at the replays, Stevenson, he's got Yard lined up on the wing and then the pass goes out and he steps in. It's almost as if he's anticipating trying to intercept it, but then he doesn't go for the intercept. He doesn't try and tackle a man in the middle. He just steps in and that's why Yard ended up on the outside with um, quite an easy finish in the end. And then um, with the second try, they went around the outside of us and it just seemed that there was no covering defence and the covering defence there was, they weren't making their tackles and it was very similar, in I'd say, to Harlequin's try the other week where... The defence coming across just kind of fell off the tackles of a small running down touchline. I don't know whether that's because we don't have a, a natural fullback on the pitch, perhaps. So, but it wasn't just the fullbacks; it was um, just in general. Uh, Fuser, the second row, was the one who ultimately got back and tried to hold up the try. And if you look at the the replays, you see a reasonable number of the Falcons players ambling back. It's like they're just expecting Sale to throw it out of play or drop it, and we can't do that. And consequently, they ended up scoring quite a simple simple try. There wasn't, McGinty did a good bit of skill for the second try, but it wasn't difficult. It was one of those things where I think if we had more defenders covering or a bit better technique, we would have just shepherded them into touch. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess every team can, see, can say this, but we do look especially at our weakest when the game is kind of played very quickly, maybe a little loose. Um, and some of these teams, especially the, the better teams, kind of can get a ball in hand and get kind of get some fluid, quick play going. And we are always sucked in. And I think that's where we can look really, really dangerous. There's been plenty of times this season where teams have got down there, haven't scored, and we've made some great sort of latched, last-ditch tackles. Um, or they, you know, they've enforced error or whatever. But that that is our main weakness because, I mean, very rarely is it coming through driving malls or anything like that. It's generally through some sort of ridiculous error like Harlequins last week or teams play it quick. They play it really well through the hands and we just kind of get sucked in too easily and there's just too much space out there for them to sort of walk into the corner. Yeah, if we look forward to, to next week's game, um, obviously at the start of the year there's another good result against them. Do you see there being any difference? I mean, I'm more confident about this than within the sale game the other day. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bath haven't been doing great at the moment. Obviously, I, with us, it's hard to tell sort of how we're going to perform and what, even in terms of personnel, who's going to be on the pitch. But these two next home games of Bath and Wasps are absolutely season-defining because if we win these two games, then obviously we're well in the mix for the top six. We may even start to get some daylight. And if you want to be a top six team as a minimum, obviously, you have to beat the teams below you, which at the moment are Bath and Wasps. So this is a real, real chance for us to, to kind of kick on and to try and cement as best we can a top six place. If we lose them, you know, I think the, the 
the fear is that the sort of top six dream will sort of slip away a bit and just kind of have to sort of settle, settle ourselves the fact we've had some good results this season and just try and finish it as we can. But uh, I don't know. I, I believe it or not, even after some of the failings, I'm, I am fairly confident that we can perhaps get a win at home to Bath. Um, I don't think it'll be as bad as it was in the first half against Sale. I think our set piece of the line will be better. I think a few more training sessions will help. And I don't know if, if Sean Robinson and Van der Volta back, because they're obviously crucial, for example, in the line-out. Um, I think a few players coming back may may help us. I mean, I don't know about Radwan. I think Richard said that he wasn't going to be available for Bath. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I'm fairly confident we can, we can get something from that. Yeah, next Saturday, uh, it's 12.30, so you get to watch that. Then you can flip over to ha- halfway through the Italy-Wales match and then England at quarter to five. Obviously, no internationals this weekend. One of the rookie matches, which is kind of interesting and quite amusing, is um, Saracen's return to play because the, the championship um, re- resumed this weekend once again with a, a late restructuring. Um, we'd mentioned earlier that it was proposed that there were going to be two pools and then the, the top two of each pool are going to go into like a little playoff thing well as it happens London Scottish said that they couldn't afford the Covid testing which is fair enough um, I think it's costing about £140,000 for the season's worth of private testing which is an awful lot of money so anyway they've pulled out so there's now a team of or sorry a, a league of 11 teams and then the top two are going to have a home and away final so I guess everyone's got, got written into the diaries that it's going to be Ealing versus Saracens twice in June at some point, but um, Saracens went away to Cornish Pirates this weekend and half-time things were looking kind of on track, only one point ahead they were, but then five minutes from the end, Cornish Pirates are on top by a point, and then in the last couple of minutes, Cornish Pirates get a try, convert it, and Saracens end up losing, I think it was 25-18 or something like that, and uh, Saracens didn't even get a bonus point, and um, Yes, very, very nice to to read the report on that match. I hope it's going to continue. I'm not sure it will, but um, 25-17, sorry, I've just checked the score. But yeah, I hope it continues. Well, I mean, some of those who are listening may have gone to the London Scottish away game last season. I was there. You know, the, these championship games are hard, uh, and the, the away games especially, especially the opening game. You know, I think many of us remember we, we almost lost that game in the last minute and it was absolutely it was a terrible spectacle and the Scottish were actually really really good in the day and we we weren't at all um, I think we started well then we kind of let them come back into it so you know these games are definitely not a given and obviously Saracens fell foul of it I mean I, it's not to say Saracens were underestimating Cornish Pirates at all I just think that you know these these teams do have the capacity on their day to, to really really cause problems and if you're not you know if you're not performing well if you're just off the ball a little bit if you're just a little bit unlucky that or you're caught cold then you know you can lose having said that it was still a massive surprise i mean i think we all deep down for saracens which is win every game but yeah i mean they could be really up against it because of course there's only 11 teams and you play one game against each team um if they lose another game then serious trouble of not finishing the top two because Ealing aren't going to drop many points. I don't think Cornish Pirates can drop many points. Jersey might well not drop any points. I think they're probably, apart from Saracens, the best three teams in that league. So, and there's, as we know, there's not a big room for error in league terms of league points as Ealing were chasing us down all the way. So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Jersey are Saracens opponents next week. So, I guess if you want to play Saracens, now is the time because they've got half the squad out on international duty. Allegedly, they're better players. 
So, yeah, Jersey have actually got their first five games away because of the cost of getting around coronavirus restrictions and quarantining and all that. So, basically, uh, Jersey are kind of going on a, a mini tour for five weeks around England. But, yeah, that Jersey are playing at what's now the Sportex Arena, I think it's called. Um, it's, uh, it's not Alliance Park or Coptwall anymore. It's Sportex Arena they're off to next week. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one pans out because I see... I see it being close. I'm not sure the Southampton's necessarily lose two on the bounce, but um, yeah, it should be quite good fun if uh, they get a challenge. Yeah, I think Southampton's point when their home games because it's always, well, as we know from last season, it's always the away games which are the kind of the, the real sticky ones where, even though there are no fans, the teams are really, really going to be up for it. And um, it's interesting. I suppose as the weather gets better, they won't have sort of games like we have with Bedford away, which is everyone I went to, where it was absolutely mud bath and you could barely string sort of string you pass again and Bedford were loving it and of course there's still some real problems. So maybe the weather is going to be a factor against them this season. But yeah, I mean, Jersey's a tough game for them. I, again, I expect them to win it, but it, it's these away games, isn't it? And if they drop another one, we're still ealing to play, then, then who knows? You know, I think it's that defeat kind of throws everything up in the air now, really, doesn't it? Yeah, one thing I would say is um, once they get the internationals back, they're probably going to get five points every week. And those bonus points could become crucial because although we've said Ealing and Cornish Pirates and probably Jersey aren't going to not win many games it might be they get four points not five and when you're playing uh, 10 games like they will be those bonus points um, if Saracens rack them up they will have a material impact on the on the table perhaps I don't know yeah well I guess also it's important in that in terms of that trio healing Cornish Pirates and Jersey obviously they had they played each other and, and depends how the points distribution is on that for example Saracens already have missed out on a bonus point in their game against Cornish Jersey could go there and get a losing bonus point for example or whatever the, the, the fixture is for that one so you know that could be crucial as well the fact they haven't got a bonus point and sit there on zero points could also be a factor because as you say every point in in an 11 game league is going to be well 10 game I suppose it's going to be really really crucial if we just round up the, the other scores in the premiership this weekend on Friday night Leicester beat London Irish in a real ding dong it was 33-32 in the end London Irish picked up two losing bonus points in that one which um, obviously isn't ideal for everyone else in the league but um, yeah there was uh, seven points as a result of that one because Leicester obviously got five we, we also lost on, on Friday's uh, obviously worth mentioning the 31-16 on Saturday, Bath 16, Exeter Chiefs 38. Exeter seemed to have put their few dodgy weeks behind them, scored six tries. Um, I don't think that one's really ever in doubt. Wasps got pipped by a point by Gloucester, 19-20. Looks like Gloucester still, although they're right down there at the bottom, they're still a force to be reckoned with. And the same goes for Worcester, who only lost by a point to Bristol. We've said this year that the, the table's close, and even though there are gaps in the table, the margin of defeat between the, the teams at the bottom and the, the teams at the top is, really isn't much at all. And then finally, um, Harlequins uh, put 37 past Northampton and only got 19, so that was the, the last result of the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've lost, we've kind of said it before, haven't we, that it's almost a they're not as bad as the table suggested. They've got some really good players and they've always, when often when they have played, they've come really, really close and just been a bit unfortunate. I think in that game, they had a man sent off fairly early on as well. So, you know, that's even a better effort. Um, so, I mean, it was always kind of a false position. I guess it's even more false for the fact there's no relegation anymore. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Gloucester are still a force to be reckoned with on their day. And I mean, even Worcester, I mean, they ran, obviously, Bristol really close. Another one of these teams, which on their day, if it kind of clicks, 
Um, I've seen it before, especially in their backs. It can be really effective. Their problem is similar to us. is just they don't, they just don't take their chances, which is why they're usually towards the end of the table. Um, but yeah, it just kind of sums up this season so far, doesn't it? It kind of everything's up in the air. Anyone can be anyone, and it's all so close. Yeah. So if we just run through the league table, um, Worcester are bottom, Bristol are top, and there's one point between them in the match, which kind of sums it up. So. Bristol are first on 46 points. Exeter have 40. So there's up, there's now a six-point gap between first and second. Um, Harlequins on 38 and Salem on 36. Um, Northampton, London Irish both on 31. And then we've got 29. Um, frustratingly, if we'd beaten Sale, we'd have actually gone back to fourth, which um, would have been nice, but I think probably it's kind of fair enough that we're within two points of fifth. Um, Leicester are right behind us on 28. Wasps have 26, Bath have 24, and then there's that gap that we've mentioned in the past with Gloucester on 19 and Worcester finally on 16. It's spreading out a bit in the middle, but there's still only five points between 5th and ninth. Um, and then basically, there's, if you look at this, there's two victories either way for any team within the the top half and they're in a completely different position yeah I mean that, that was my point earlier on about we've got these two home games which are eminently winnable and you know you're looking other I'm sure other teams above us other teams below us are going to drop points obviously of those two games so if we can obviously get eight or for once a bit more than just the the four point for a win then you know we could be back right up there and I think maybe not get a bit of daylight but at least perhaps give ourselves a bit of a cushion going into some more challenging away fixtures coming up after that so i think these two games are like as i say really really important and potentially season defining yeah it looks the way the table is that the 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 top four is kind of kind of as we expected and they they are sort of pulling away now there's a five point gap between fourth and fifth that's bristol exeter harlequins and sale but i think that we've got every right to be aiming for the top six and if we get those couple of wins like we've just described, then we might only be within one victory of fourth position, depending on how Sale perform or Harlequins perform in the next couple of weeks. So I think if we we aim for kind of... We've got to be looking at being in fifth place after the next two weeks and just seeing how it goes with the other teams and then stringing a few results together in the latter half of the season. So a bit, a bit of a shorter episode this week than some of the ones uh, more recently, but that's because we kind of had a disappointing win we didn't want, or loss we didn't want to talk about too much. And there's no internationals. So um, it's goodbye from me. Bye, everyone.